Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. Very excited for this show tonight. This is John Massengill sitting in the you studio. You just can't hide it. I, I'm so excited. You're about to lose hide. control. You think you like it. Oh, <laughs> uh, Stop it. Stop it. Uh, we have, we're very excited. We have a fantastic guest. We have Connor Daly. He is about to join us momentarily. Yes. And we're going to talk all about IndyCar with Connor, and we're going to talk some Formula One. We'll ask Connor about that. We got lots of fun. I'd like stories. to hear what he has to say about Miami and Vegas too. Yeah, that's exactly right. We definitely want to get his opinion on that. But we got lots of good stuff for us, so stay tuned all the way through. Thanks everybody for tuning in on YouTube and Facebook and wherever else you're, you're tuned into the radio station. We appreciate it. But we now have Mr. Daly connecting in via Zoom. We are very excited to have Connor. Connor Daly, welcome back to Speed City. Thanks, guys. How are you? Hey, buddy. Good to hear you. Yeah, did, good to be here. Thanks for having me back. Well, did you know this is a special evening for our relationship? And that sounds strange, but John will explain. Connor, 10 years ago, June of 2012, you were you were our second driver ever. guest ever. And All right. I appreciate <laughs> so, that. So it's 10 years. It's been 10 years since we've had you on the show. And and just FYI, it was your buddy Alexander Rossi who was the first guest. <laughs> but you know what? That led us to a conversation about your career because since we had you on, you were um, you were like in GP3 at the time. And, and I was saying, you know, what I like about Connor's career is that he's one of the few people that experienced both ladders to the top of motorsport, i.e. the road to Indy and effectively the road to FIA Formula One. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, took both roads. Um, <laughs> I think that was kind of, I guess it was necessary at the time because, you know, we couldn't, no one really goes from the road to Indy to F1. Uh, so we had to do both. But, um, but yeah, it was totally worth it. Uh, definitely don't regret it at all. Was able to win on uh, both ladders. So uh, definitely, definitely proud of, of doing that. Well, then you've just opened up one of the questions I had for you tonight, which was your uh, comrades, your compatriots, uh, uh, Pato Award and Colton Herter are kind of trying to keep a foot in both uh, camps, as it were, and have give, been given a lease of life. I just wonder what your thought on effectively, you know, when you started and now, like you say, it's hard to do the road to Indy or be an Indy driver and be considered as a potential Formula One driver. What do you make of what McLaren are kind of doing to both help themselves and to help in 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 effect andretti autosport well i think it's good on on both accounts right uh to see pato you know get that test last year i think was 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 great um i think many of us in indycar have known for a very long time that you know the the sharp end of the grid at indycar is just as competitive competitive yeah. as the sharp end of the grid in formula one um but no one's ever gonna you know it's 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 just kind of not been a thing to where someone from over here gets to go over there. But we have seen, you know, some guys from Formula One come over to do the Indy 500, which has been, you know, really cool over the last decade. Certainly it has been different since I got into IndyCar. The, the era that I grew up watching, you know, there was no crossover, really. There wasn't, that wasn't a thing in the mid, early 2000s, whatever it is. 
but now it is. And, and, you know, many other drivers in Formula One have talked about coming over to the Indy 500. You know, we've got Scott McLaughlin over here yeah. from V8 Supercars, Jimmy Johnson from NASCAR. Uh, so IndyCar certainly is the uh, the melting pot of, of everyone. I mean, everyone is coming to try to, you know, do some, be a part of some of the most competitive motor racing in the world. But now I think there's a lot more respect as well for our series. You, yeah. know, you see guys like Colton and Pato, um, you know, get a shot maybe over there. I think that would be great. Will it actually happen? I, I mean, again, that's still a massive question that I think a lot of us have. Um, even some of the remarks that, that uh, you know, some of the folks in the FIA and Formula One have said about Michael Andretti potentially starting a team are honestly, like, wildly offensive. I'm like, how can you guys immediately yeah. downplay a guy who is literally one of the most household <laughs> names in motorsport history and and probably has a ton of investors and a ton of money ready to do it properly but you've hit a nerve there my friend i tell you what yeah, connor I, I mean i said it the first time i heard that i was like are you kidding me this is mario andretti and he's got probably american sponsors just lined up ready to bring money so it, it's absurd yeah i mean look I, I grew up in an era of watching formula one where you had teams like hrt and and marussia <laughs> who were complete yeah. jokes of operations yeah, uh, you know, out there. And so now I, I just it, it's just very confusing to me. Like, I, I I love Formula One. Obviously, it was a very, very strong part of my life for a very long time and still love a lot of the people that work over there and are friends with a lot of the drivers. Right. Mm. But I just still it's so blatant to me the the disrespect for uh, American organizations <laughs> or, or just just what we have going on over here. Mm. And yet they're trying to fill the schedule with big American races. So at some point, I think that will cross over. And I'm excited to see that, you know, hopefully at some point we could maybe get an American driver over there to get a good chance or, uh, you know, a proper, really well sorted out American team. And Connor, as, as, as a European, and even though you come from a basically European startup, as it were, uh, I can say this. I think it's true, and you, I'm sure, would agree, that there is a, a real arrogance in Europe about Americans and racing. What do they know? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, Alonso's going to the 500. He'll win it. You know, da-da-da-da-da. And it's been both healthy and unhealthy, and it's certainly unhealthy in the way that the talent is de dealt with, and it's certainly unhealthy in the way that prospects uh, are considered. Um, and I'm glad you got out and, and didn't go the Rossi route of, of being stuck with a Marusi or stuck with a Caterham <laughs> uh, and, and seeing your effectively brilliant career going down the panhole. Uh, and obviously Rossi did the right thing, won the 500 and the rest is history, as they say. Um, and, and, and you could look at yours the same way. I mean, I'm delighted to be talking to you. We've had you on for so many years. Uh, and it was like, well, when do you think you'll be next in the car? And the truth is this year, you know when you're going to be doing. How does that feel for you personally to be knowing exactly where you're going to be come June 6th or whatever? Well, I mean, my career has certainly been a roller coaster ride. Um, it's There's no other way to describe it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, arguably I'm in probably the best position that I've been in my career. Uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do within our own, you know, our own selves at Ed Carpenter Racing, and I think they've done a great job, you know, working with us, me and Renus VK, my teammate, um, and there are certain areas that through the last couple of years, uh, it's been some interesting schedules, right? So this will be the first year, although this will be my third year with the team, this is the first year that I'm going to work with my engineer at the 500 this year and all wow. the ovals, right? And it's the first time that I'll drive for this team at all the ovals. So 
there's still a lot that we're kind of getting used to, uh, you know, working with each other on. Um, but, but yeah, we've got an incredible sponsor with BitNile. Uh, they've fully, fully jumped in and, and, and embraced IndyCar. They love what they're seeing with, you know, how, how money, you know, how much our TV ratings have gone up in the first three races of the season. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of hype around the sport. You know, the Indy 500 is fully, fully back this year. Well, all of our events are fully back this year, but the Indy 500 obviously being the most important one that we need to have, you know, fully stocked with, uh, with all the human beings that want to come and watch it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it definitely took me a while to get to this point, but you know, a lot of people have told me that, oh yeah, your thirties are really when your life starts. And so I, it's kind of feels like, it kind of feels like that for me. Uh, I've learned a lot in my career to try to use it now in these, uh, these next two years with this, with this program, but I hope to obviously be with this team and in this sport for a very long time. Mm. Yeah. Hey, so BitNile, I, I don't want to, they're, they're uh, into the digital currencies and digital assets like NFTs and stuff like that, but they're a publicly traded company. So they're a huge company, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and they're, they're a part of a lot of other organizations as well. You know, Todd Alt is the, is the main guy behind this and, you know, he is, is doing it the right way. You know, he's involved in multiple different business arenas. Um, and, you know, we saw Alzamend on Renus's car in Long Beach, which is, again, another company that Todd is involved with. We see it on Ed's car for the Indy 500. Uh, and there's a couple other companies with Ernity, which is a, you know, a crypto trading app, very much like a, you know, like a Coinbase or uh, Robinhood type thing, but for the cryptocurrency space. And, and it's a very, very cool app. I mean, they've, They've been giving away, you know, free crypto to a lot of people at all the races so far. It's an incredible <laughs> program, uh, you know, just to be getting people involved. And, and they want to do that. They want to give money to people to basically learn about the, you know, cryptocurrency space. So there's a lot going on and it's, it's a really cool program to be a part of. And, you know, they brought 130 people to, to, to Long Beach. Wow. I mean, it's, it's, it's a ton of people. And that that's what you want to see a sponsor do. You know what I mean? You want to see people embrace the power of the sport that we have right now. Yeah, we've been watching crypto, all different kinds of crypto companies jump into motorsports. Miami, it's yeah. Really, uh, yeah, it's all over the place, all over Formula One and, and IndyCar now. That's very cool to watch. Well, Connor, let's talk about this season, man. I've, I'm looking, yes. at your, I'm looking at your races. You're getting higher up each finish. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, is that indicative of the comfort level you're talking about, that you're getting comfortable with everybody and everybody in this year's team? Well, I mean, honestly, this this year so far has been a, a story of several different issues that we've had. Um, and, you know, it's 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 not an excuse type program. I know that if I made a mistake, you know, I'd be willing to admit it. But these things happen in racing. And, you know, in St. Pete, we set the fast lap of the race uh, and we were quick in the race. But, you know, happened to be on on, uh, you know, the less than ideal strategy and needed to make better fuel mileage and decided to make a call that, you know, that kind of took us out of a position to be in the top 10. And, and uh, Texas, we had a technical issue as well. Um, that, well, the, it ruined our pit speed limiter. So uh, that caused some very obvious issues. Um, so there's, you know, there's a few things there that have been through, you know, no fault of our own. Uh, and then Long Beach finally was more of a solid race for us at a track that we knew was our weakest. Um, last year was our definitely our, our toughest track for both Renus and I. And again, we only qualified a few positions better, but in the race, you know, we were, we were, we were competitive and moving forward the whole time, which is important. And I mean, Right now, the way you look at things in IndyCar, there's 26 full-time cars. And when you finish 12th, it's actually a great day. Like, it's actually <laughs> solid. Yeah. And, like, it used to be like, you're like, oh, well, it wasn't a top 10. But actually, 
pretty stoked about it these days. And I think that's kind of the, the, the landscape is changing. It's not necessarily become a NASCAR where a lot of teams are like, Oh yeah, we're excited to finish in the top 20, but like, it's, you know, when you're up in the 10, 12 areas, I mean, that's, you know, you're fighting with Elio Castroneves, you're fighting with Felix Rosenquist, you're fighting with, you know, Scott Dixon started right next to me in 16, you know, 15th and 16th. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got a lot of good people throughout this pack and, uh, and we needed a good race like that just to kind of get us going. And, and we know that our next three tracks, um, you know, we've been quicker at, so it, it should be, it should be good momentum. Well, so I was thinking about what you said about finishing 12th and stuff, but I mean, Connor, I feel like your personal driving is you're at the peak of your career right now. I feel like it looks like you're driving smarter, faster, better than you ever have. Well, I think in a, in a lot of ways, I've learned a lot. Uh, there's a few things that this new era of IndyCar have been a challenge for me, uh, the aero screen era, but it has been for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it with, you know, Alex Rossi. We've seen it with uh, guys like James Hinchcliffe. We've seen it with, I would say, Simon Pagino with Penske, although him switching teams, getting a new change of scenery, maybe a different setup, uh, you know, idea or uh, profile of sorts has helped him out. So uh, something like that for me, we, we, have, we have figured some things out that have helped me with this aero screen car. Um, but I think there are still a few things mechanically that we as a team can, can improve on. And I think we all, we know that, but we also know that we were really quick races last year, the Indy 500 in particular, you know what I mean? We had the car to win that race and, mm. you know, realistically, that's what you want. You want to show up to Indy and have a shot at winning. And so we hope to do, you know, the same thing again this year and, um, and lead the right laps this time, uh, instead of the ones that we led last year. <laughs> All right, well, let's get a quick break in, and we'll be back more with Connor Daly. Listen to Speed City on Sunday night. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Connor Daly, hometown hero, wants the lead. He's grown up here his whole life. We got a huge round of applause and driver introduction. The flying mullet is flying out in front. Listen to the crowd. Oh, they went crazy. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. Connor Daly, was that just 
one of the greatest moments of your racing career, leading the Indy 500, listening to that crowd scream? Well, I mean, I couldn't hear anything. So at the time, it was just kind of what you're supposed <laughs> to do ever. So I, you know, I, I think the, at the time, you're like, yeah, this is, you know, this is where we're supposed to go. You're supposed to be leading events. That's our goal as drivers. But, uh, but yeah, obviously, afterwards, looking at it and seeing the, the reaction, um, you know, you don't really think about that when you're in the car. So to see it, uh, it, it was very cool because I, I am a sports fan. I like, uh, you know, I like those stories. I like emotional, uh, you know, engagement of, of fans and people. So, you know, I love to see those types of stories. And, and, and I, I was, it was, it was very special to me because, you know, that's my home track. It's my home event. It's a race that I've grown up at my whole life. Uh, and, you know, a race that's, uh, been very tumultuous for me in the past. Um, <laughs> yeah. and it still continues to be, but, you know, to, to get out there and have a real shot at it, uh, you know, is all you can ask for, for sure. That's just going to make it all the more sweet that day when you win that race. But Connor, Jonathan and I were talking about before the show about how, how the month of May I was, well, but we were talking before that, we were talking about how popular you are. And I think it's, I, I really, I'll just be honest with you. I became a huge fan watching you on Twitch during the pandemic, (laughs) watching you and just listening to who you are and just you know, no pretense. And I think that that comes across to everybody. And I think that's a big part of your popularity. And and I I mean, I think that is part of the package of a fantastic asset that is a race driver. I appreciate that. I mean, it was uh, an interesting time in all of our lives for sure. Uh, And it was something that I was doing before the pandemic even kicked off. Um, But, uh, but obviously, you know, once, everything else kind of shuts down people start looking for avenues of entertainment. Right. So, uh, it, it was something that I, I enjoyed doing. I enjoyed, uh, you know, building that community as well. Cause I still stream, you know, as much as I can, but the crazy thing is, is we were doing it so much now it's like, we, well, we have job, like our jobs are back. Like everything's full. Like I've, I've been home. This is the first day I've been home as a full day in like three weeks. So like, it's, you know, it's hard to continue to do that, um, but it's such a it's such a great way to connect with people. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm always going to be me. I'm never not you know never not going to be myself. Uh, and I like to make people laugh. I like to make I like to make sure people are entertained. Uh, and you know, I I also just uh, well, I like video games too. So <laughs> it all it all kind of worked out. Well, I think you're still getting my five bucks a month off Twitter, so I'm, I'm keeping keeping the flame alive, Jonathan. I'm- <laughs> yeah, just a, another question, just kind of for our audience, because I know having been to the 500 and seen your dad dressed up in uh, in his flying gear and flying hat day of the race, and did an interview with you then, and then obviously Doug Bowles. Um, but a lot of people don't know, you know, the whole thing with you and and and, and how important that weekend is. And I want to add sort of Ed Carpenter, the sort of unicorn of pole there. That month of May must be so special to you your family your friends and your business your team for sure i mean as a as a driver myself i mean i i am the only you know born and raised kid from indiana right i mean ed, ed carpenter went to college in indy obviously grew up in indy very tied to the indiana sort of speedway um but you know i believe I, 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 as far as i've been told you know he was born born not born in india right which is wild but Ed is the hometown guy for sure. And everyone loves seeing Ed qualify on pole at the Speedway, run well at the Speedway because he's very much an Indiana guy. Uh, and so is the team. 
Um, but yeah, this is my hometown. It's my home race. Uh, and, and, uh, and I, and we love it. It's, you know, it's the biggest race in the world and it's, it still is. And I think this year, you know, truly has an opportunity to be, I mean, it, it was very cool to get to race against Fernando Alonso, obviously, right. <laughs> very, very cool to do that. Uh, got to become friends with him as well. I think he's a great dude. Um, but we've got guys now that are, you know, having their first Indy 500s that are quite a diverse amount of talent and a diverse amount of experience. Uh, I mean, Scott McLaughlin has already done an Indy 500, but he hasn't seen it in full, you know, full, full no. massive you know, spectacle. We've got Roman Grosjean coming over as a rookie. You've got Jimmy Johnson as a rookie at the Indy 500. You've got Callum Eilat as an Indy, five, you know, Indy 500 rookie as well. A lot of guys with ties to Formula One and different racing series across the, the planet. Um, and it just seems like a very special time to be involved in IndyCar. Um, and obviously, you know, probably means a lot to win. It does every year. But, you know, it, it's just very cool to be a part of it right now. And, you know, we test there this week. We're on track Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and so it'll be it'll be great to just get out there. Every lap there is very is very very special for sure. You 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 said it. You had the fastest car last year. Um, you led some laps. What I mean is there I mean is there something that you've got to crack in the month of May? You've got the Grand Prix and the 500 that you feel as a team as a package with your engineer. You got to crack to to be in that right position in the last the 20 laps. Well, I mean, honestly, it's just been pure luck. I mean, yeah. we qualified sixth at the Indy GP. I mean, we and got taken out in the first corner by yeah. Pagano. And then, you know, we were leading the most laps at the Indy 500 and a, and a tire falls off Graham Rahal's car and hits our nose. You know what I mean? So, like, it's yeah. stuff that you can't possibly yeah. explain. Yeah. Um, but but as my dad, you know, always told me, you know, you, all you have – all you just have to continue doing as a driver. And the only thing that you can worry about is putting yourself into a position to be successful. Yeah, what you can and, control. You know, yeah. If it does, yeah, if it does, you know, if you're, if you're doing your job, you know, if, if we have a great day in the pits, because the Indy 500 is yeah. so important in pit lane, right? We make six pit stops, potentially five or six, and you got to be perfect every time. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's a big area. But I, I feel like I have more confidence than I've ever had uh, at the Speedway now. And I know what I want. And I know from last year to this year, there really is not a lot of, you know, technical changes in aerodynamics rules or what we can and can't run. So realistically, you know, we should have an idea of what is going to be good. Connor, I want to go back to something you just said about it's a, a, a golden time in IndyCar, but I think it's maybe even bigger than that. I think it's such a huge time for all motorsports. It feels like this rising tide that's lifting all the series. And and I was looking at a tweet that you tweeted a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago or so. And you said, you just finished watching Drive to Survive. And yet again, I can't see any doubts how good this is for Formula One. I don't care if they lied to me the whole show. Emotional <laughs> stories are cool. The driver interviews are cool. And the car, race cars are, uh, or so are the, are the race cars. And I, I was I was reading an article about how many people have have been watching this Drive to Survive, right? And and not only that, I, these there's a research study showed that they showed exactly how many people have watched it just in the first two weeks of this year. And and I don't say it out loud. Oh! And I was gonna I was just about to bet Connor if he could come within ten percent of the number, I'd give him a hundred bucks. Ah. And so if you can guess how many people have watched Drive to Survive in the first two weeks of this season, if you can guess within 10%, I'm going to give you 100 bucks. 
I mean, I don't even know. I feel like I, I should know because I've done a lot of research on this, but it, it has to be more than more than 20 million people. 57 million hours have what? Sorry, I've totally messed up the entire bet. Hours. Okay, it was hours. Yeah. 57 I, million. You are, you are calling a daily officially I, 100 bucks. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. So 57 million hours of that show, <laughs> he's smiling, of this show, have, this show have been watched. And I'm like, that is a stunning. Yeah, mind-blowing number of how much and it actually motorsport. changes them if you think if you were a sponsor you know we've been talking about that and connor you you can speak to this that think about the, what that does to a mercedes in terms of the overall year i mean yes they've got you know that it's all over the car but this is such a different audience it's just it's just supreme power yeah i mean you're, you're talking about uh something that was put into place by this Liberty Media Group, right? It was, it was, a, it was something that was made to happen, right? Yep. Like, how do we get our sport to where we can pay the drivers more, we get to pay the teams more, and we get to have cooler races where everyone makes more money? Well, guess what? We're going to force it into everyone's faces. Mm. And what better platform to do that Netflix. than what everyone has at their house? <laughs> Netflix. You know what yep. I mean? It's, it, it's so smart. It's the smartest thing I've ever seen Formula One do in my lifetime, right? Yeah, I agree. And, and Formula One has always been powerful in my lifetime, right? Like I grew up and you still see, you know, every event is packed. The Tifosi, you've got, you know, incredible fan bases all across the world, but not one person in America had any idea what was going on, right? Pretty, pretty now, much. Every single weekend, just yesterday, I was having dinner at a restaurant and a bunch of mid-20s individuals especially a bunch of a bunch of ladies too are like yep we love charles leclerc he's our favorite guy <laughs> in formula one now and i'm like well that's awesome i never thought i'd be having a, a conversation about the ferrari formula one team you know at a restaurant and you know, like it's 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 incredible the amount of young people who find it to be so fascinating i just had a, a buddy of mine a dj who's he's like pretty popular dj in in the the space here in north america he was like Hey, bro, can you connect me with Lando Norris? Like, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of watching the show. And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, here you go. And it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's amazing what, what they have painted this picture. And I, I love it. I, I think there's still so many people who think, who have these wild opinions about, oh, it's ridiculous. It makes certain people look bad. Like, we, we don't need, I even had people say, we don't need America to like Formula One this much. I was like, what are you guys talking about? What does like, that even mean? I, I, yeah, I was like, I literally look at some of these comments. I was like, do you guys not know how to add two and two? Like, this is money plus yeah. viewership equals success of something that you like. Like, it's like, I like it. You like it. We might like it for different reasons. But, like, if it's more successful, we're all going to be happy. You and actually, I mean? yeah, Netflix has, has, has achieved what Hollywood couldn't really do. They came close with Ron Howard a few times, and, and those films yes. have all been good. But no one's really, really captured Formula One like this has. And, and honestly, it's all about getting the hype factor, too. It, 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 once you have a bunch of people telling other people, hey, this show yeah. is cool. Yeah. That's what it all that's it. That's, then you're like, well, I got to watch it. Because I can't count how many times someone has told me, oh, that show is really cool. You got to watch it. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm like, well, well he I'll said it was it. cool. I'm going to go watch it. Yep. And I think, yes, it's good for Formula One. But I truly do believe it has it has done a lot for motorsport. Now, no one in Formula One or NASCAR or IndyCar, no one 
I, I haven't really heard it. Many people say like, oh, let's all work together and all be successful. You know what I mean? Because it's it's competing sport bodies, right? But what what that series has done is, I think, just basically shown more of an appreciation for motorsport, right? Yeah. Like they're like, oh, we watch Drive to Survive. It's like, well, you do similar to that? And we're like, well, yeah. And they're like, well, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. Right. Like we probably like watch that too. You know what I mean? So I, I hope IndyCar can get a similar program. I don't think it'll happen, but I think we're working on it. And I think at some point, maybe if we can produce something that brings people to that deeper level, right? Bring them, bring them into our lives a little bit more, bring them to the track, get them into the details. Because when you're at the track in an IndyCar race, I don't think, I don't see anyone not having a good time. Like it's a great immersive environment. And, you know, I could talk about that drive to survive series all day. Honestly, I'll talk <laughs> your ears off about it, but I just, I think it's great for motorsport. I think obviously all across the board racing right now is successful. And we love to see that because I like to have a job. There you go. Yeah, we, we were talking earlier about Gene uh, about uh, the Haas team and how Gunter, Haas, Gunter Steiner has become such a star. Uh, and it, it almost doesn't matter what the Haas team do on track. Somebody said, oh, it's, they're going to fire him because they haven't got any points. And I was like, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not firing Gunther Steiner. He's, I mean, let's face it. He may have been one of the early superstars of that it. kicked yeah. that season day on the radio. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's always got to be a clown in a TV show. So, you know, it's, that's, uh, he, he might be the guy. And uh, I, I, I still think it's, you know, sad what they've always said about American drivers. So I don't really support them. But I do like Pietro Fittipaldi. He's a yep. good pal of mine. So he's there, you know. Well, Connor, I know you said that you have been on the road like crazy. Yes, you promised going. us two segments, and I would love to sit here and talk to you for the rest of the evening, but I know you probably need some rest. We really appreciate you coming on, and uh, and I hope you do well this season, and good luck in the 500 and everything. Thank you, guys. No hey, problem at all. Hey, last question. Any chance you're going to be at Miami or next year at Vegas? You know what? That is a great question. A lot of people have been asking me. Just last night, I had dinner with Callum Eilat, and, oh, yeah. uh, and he's, going, he's going down. I think he has to be a reserve driver for Alpha or something there. And um, and and he's like, oh, you should come down. I think Rossi's going down. But I, I I just don't know. I mean, it's it's Miami is not really my vibe. I, I don't really fit in very well there. There's the Indiana boy coming out of you. <laughs> yeah, but Vegas, I would go to purely to uh, be at an after party with Max and Daniel Ricardo after, after <laughs> so, like, I won't go to race. I'm but Lando. I will just go to party with those guys. Yeah. Oh, that is great. We'll make that happen. Well, we're going down there, but uh, we'll, we'll probably, you know, try to meet up with uh, Callum and a few others down there while we're down there. There you go. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll end up down there somehow. You're always welcome on. <laughs> All right. Well, Thank Connor you. Daly, thanks, buddy. We really appreciate it. Hey, and good luck in May. Thank you, guys. All right, let's go to a quick break. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin. Back after these messages. Hey, guys. We are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstott Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer. And I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado, I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no 
uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But, Jonathan, you know why? What makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right, and they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer, uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a, a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Talk 1370. Hello to everyone, this is Gunther Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. You know what, I do not blame Connor Daly at all for having a little animosity towards the Haas F1 team. You know, they talked early days about American drivers, and there really hasn't been a lot of consideration. And I don't blame Haas for doing the Kevin Magnussen thing, because... He just plugged right back into the system and had instant success, you know, for not yeah, going... Yeah, I, I don't blame Haas for the attitude they took of not being, let's represent America. Haas is a successful NASCAR team. I don't think that was what Gene was thinking when he joined Formula One. He was looking at the global platform, and so that... Andretti have said right from the get-go, we want an American in the car. That's uh, Michael's dream as being... Not a failed, but not a successful Formula One driver. And it's Mario's dream, full circle, I think, um, to end his career going back to the thing that made him Mario and therefore Michael and therefore so on. But, you know, I think it's, well, first of all, it's easier when you've got Colton Herta in your back pocket. It's easier, <laughs> it's easier to say we're going to have an American driver because they had one, a damn good one, and maybe, you know, maybe the very best. But that goes back to Connor what. Connor just said, you know, he's enjoying racing currently in Indy because of the talent. And I, I think yep. he's absolutely right. We've never had this depth of talent. Like he says, he's 16th on the grid, for example, up alongside literally the GOAT um, that is, you know. And then then you start talking about Scott McLaughlin, uh, McLaughlin in, in Australia. People would literally bow down to him, his success. And likewise, you know, Dixon. Um, but then you've got Castro Neves and you've got these names that are just, you know, that are, that are really household names. Uh, and then these youngsters who some of them have never experienced the 500, including a Grosjean, uh, up against the likes of Asato and mm -hmm. uh, and Elio and, and so on. So, yeah, it's a really exciting time for, for Connor and, and the rest of Indy. Mm. Something else Connor said about, we were talking about Netflix and Drive to Survive and all that. And you and I talked during the break, and you brought up a point, and I 
brought up another point, but mine was that it's the perfect storm for Netflix in the last few years because the cutting the cord, lots of people don't have, especially young people, like he was saying, he's never had young people talking to him about this. Yeah, they don't the have difference. cable television. No. I don't have cable television anymore, but everybody, everybody I has a phone. No matter what your socioeconomic status, you have a phone and you've got Netflix, whether it's your account, your mom and dad's account, but literally everyone. I mean, I'd love to see the, the penetration numbers. It probably rivals cable TV from 30 years ago. Yeah, and wouldn't you... I, I've been waiting for this sort of moment to happen in social media because when it all hit, um, you know, I said, yeah, we'll get bored of that. And what I meant by that was we as humans like to interact. And I feel that Netflix is one of the sort of pioneers of you don't watch a promo for a series and take it on and go, yes, must watch that because so-and-so's in it, Christian Bale's in it, and this is it, and it's hype, 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 hype. You will watch it if your buddy, your exactly. best mate, your sister, your brother, whoever you go to says, saw this on Netflix last week. Yeah, I got to watch it. My sister and brother-in-law do the same every time. You know, you and I say this, got to see this. And I think it's this word of mouth that has helped Netflix more than any promotion stroke activation they could do. And, and that's true of the movie business, too. I think we're going back to people saying, hey, I've got the word on this cool series, you know. Um, you got to watch it or you got to see season four of Ozark or whatever it might be. Now, they yeah. stand up because they're good. But it's because we're word of mouthing it, not actually tweeting it. Yeah, and I th I've, obviously it's both. But I think you're right. I think if you know, we all the old phrase, the old water cooler phrase, yes, is that if that's some, exactly you're telling someone face to face, I'm watching this right now. I, I think you're right. I at least me, I probably watch more shows from a word of mouth directly saying I'm watching this or I'm watching this. I think you're right. I think that is at least for me. So by the way, I've got an answer for your. Question. Oh, yes. We had a gentleman. It's a semi-answer. Uh, Thomas Steele. We're sorry we didn't see this during uh, while Connor was here. But uh, Thomas Steele asks on YouTube, he says, is Chevy the team to beat this year? He's right, but not yet. And I say that because Penske are leading the way with Newgarten and McLaughlin. Uh, last year's champion, a Honda player as Alex Pillow, And, of course, you know. Chip Ganassi, never count them out. But until the month of May is done and dusted, both Grand Prix and uh, 500, I think the jury is out. And the reason I say that is always when you get to the 500, it's, well, you know, Honda have got the power, but, you know, they're going to blow up. Or, you know, Chevrolet are coming back, but for a couple of years they were fallow and it was all Honda dominated. So right now, yes, you could look at the leaderboard, and say Chevrolet are the, and, and you also look at the 500 with Pagano and so on and so forth. You know, I, there's an argument to says that Chevrolet, Chevrolet are ahead, but it's a long season. And until we get through May, ask that question again, Mr. Steele, <laughs> uh, on June 1st, and I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to talk some more about this article that I was talking about with Connor Daly because I was talking about 57 million hours watched, which is just mind blowing, right? And now that translated to a 58% year-over-year viewership audience, that's, that's right? Some, that's impressive. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. But the whole, in this article, I just tweeted this out of our Speedcaster account a day or two ago, but it, it talks about the added value for F1 sponsors in Netflix Drive to Survive. And what they're talking about is 
you've seen in you've, we've all seen these kind of studies where they say, oh, because of the exposure, used to be product placement. Somebody was drinking a Coke on television. Yes. Well, now because of Netflix, because of this Drive to Survive series, we've got the logo of the Mercedes, McLaren, Red Bull. Everybody's all over their these cars, and so they've quantified this value to the extra to the sponsors, right? And it is stunning how much. Uh, total dollars are being brought to these teams, these sponsors. Gosh. Like, I mean, if you look at, I know you're looking at this article too, yeah. but like um, the top 10 sponsors, Mercedes got, because it's last year's you know mm -hmm. show that we're watching, but they got six and a half million dollars already. And this is only the first two weeks of this show of the stats. Right. And so, and like, um, like they're, they're even pulling out specific sponsors, like, Patronus, uh, that's the one, the six and a half million dollars. And like Urakali, the Russian sponsor, no more. Yeah. They got over a million dollars of of exposure. You know, if you were to go out and buy airtime or what, buy commercial time. What about this for right at the top, obviously, uh, Mercedes and Red Bull, total sponsorship value, 17.8 million? It's crazy. It's crazy. And then Mercedes haven't pulled, a, haven't pulled their wallet out. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you think about it and you go to a sponsor and go, okay, I'm going to charge you a million dollars for the sponsorship, but I'm going to give you back a yeah. million dollars in exposure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's to them, it's like, it's free. So can we put a speed stick, a speed city sticker on the, on the Haskell? <laughs> what you, what you need to do is do something really funny during when, when we go to Miami while the Netflix is filming. Is there water down there? <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. <laughs> that's true. You did fall in the water one yeah, time and got a million that. views on that. Oh mayhem! Yeah. Yes. But uh, but yeah, this this article you you should go look at it because in total forty two million dollars in sponsorship Gosh. exposure value just in the first two weeks of watching Drive to Survive. God, I mean, the, uh, come September or come November at the end of the season of Formula One. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What's that number going to be? Look at the season of last year. Yeah. And look how it's opening up this year. Can you imagine how good Drive to Survive will be this year? You know, it's funny because we had MotoGP here in Austin a couple of uh, weeks ago, and I was thinking they've got uh, MotoGP Unlimited, which is on Prime, uh, Amazon Prime, and it hasn't had the take-up yet. And I, I, I still don't think yeah. they've quite connected the dots, and I, I think that's a lot to do with um, how you present it and who produces it and who they talk to and how they talk to them. I think one of the, the big failings uh, that I thought of was a lot of because obviously MotoGP is full of Spanish and Italian stars um, but that's important um, but they all speak English we just went to the press conference they all speak English yeah. but the series um, uses subtitles and I you know yeah. it, it's it's hard to follow for but you know and, and I, if I'm you know uh, if I'm really really interested and a super supercharged fan um, and I find it hard to follow because I have attention span stroke. You're concentrating on reading the subtitles to get the gist when, frankly, a little bit of voice over here and there or at least a, a, the odd graphic to move time on or explain the, the situation you're about to see unfold, unfold uh, would be much more helpful. And obviously getting the protagonist to speak or use more English if you want to make it happen here. It's probably yeah. popular as heck in, it's, in Spain. It's, it's <laughs> not. It's not simple to do what they did with no. Drive to Survive because, like you said, Moto GP did it. And, and I was, you asked me this, and I was analyzing, and I was looking, watching it with that critical eye. And what Formula One has is very mainstream young drivers, 
And MotoGP is kind of like the motorcycle world in general. It's a little bit of the bad boy, a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, that's good and bad, but it's not as mainstream and not as broad of an audience. But I would argue that, that MotoGP is more superhero. And that, let's Absolutely. face it, this country is, is obsessed with Marvel comics and <laughs> Marvel films. Uh, and I would argue that the Mark Marquez's and the Bastianini's of, of that sport are superhuman. I mean, you just, yeah. I mean, you know, Formula One drivers are superhuman. These uh, motorcycle riders are almost more accessible. They're more real. Um, they don't come from rich backgrounds. They they're they're scrappers. They're harders. They're motocrossers. They're they're guys that are willing to put their life on the line. Yeah. And I know that's true of Formula One, but it's it seems it's to me even, anyway. Well, it's even for sure statistically, it's very much more so in yeah. MotoGP. And when you look at a motorcyclist in slow mo and see where his bum is and how close it is to the ground or his or his arm and and think, hey, if this goes wrong or this tire bursts. Yeah, he's he's floating on that thing, and he's going to come off and get hurt. And I, I've only I haven't watched I've only watched like three up two and a half episodes of the MotoGP. What's it called? MotoGP Unlimited. Unlimited yeah, but I haven't seen you know Not the a big Grosjean, fan of the title either. Yeah, the uh, but the accident with Grosjean in Bahrain, oh, the yeah. fireball. Yeah, that episode was. Uh, you know, do you remember the Michael Jordan series that came out during the pandemic? It was I was glued to every episode of that. But th but that episode of Drive to Survive with the fireball that we were you know that they they strung that two minutes out to fifteen twenty minutes you which know, is part of it but that was that was the best sports television I've ever watched you know it's interesting I might get my buddy Tim who was my cameraman back in the ESPN days when I was uh, working for Formula One and he was the cameraman on the the ninety six documentary on Damon Hill. Uh, followed Damon all the way to to winning that title, uh, and I remember how tough it was for him to get access to, and he was just following one driver. Um, and so what I what I'm getting at is, I'd love to get the producers or some of the people involved in Drive, Drive to Survive and talk to them about the access, because having been in that situation myself and how hard it is, you know, I mean, I did one one interview, for example, with um, Rocky with um, uh, Sylvester Stallone when they were doing or looking at doing that movie that eventually became an indie movie but it started off as a Formula One movie and there was all sorts of people connected to it but he came to Monza and I got an interview with him as the ESPN crew and so off mm -hmm. and he was fine he was promoting it but just that alone just getting to him at a race etc one crew one man one interview no more than five minutes that was a weekend's work. Mm. So what they're achieving in a weekend to get all that is amazing. Yeah. And we got to take a break. But the last story on that is that when um, Netflix came to Austin last year and we were interviewing Gunther, yeah. I, I couldn't believe the crew. We we sat down Two across. Two crews. Yeah. Well, just the crew that came to when we were interviewing Gunther, we sat down across a very small table in the hospitality. We sat down with Gunther and I held the Zoom across the table to interview him and came in like these pterodactyls just swooping in these microphones, huge microphones, like three of them came in between us. And I was like, holy, what, yeah. is, what is happening? And, that, and then I looked around and there was like a dozen Did you feel people. inadequate with your Zoom? I did feel my Zoom was my <laughs> tiny little Zoom. But, all right, let's take our last break and we'll come back with lots more. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas.
Innovation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 U.S. Championship, VRD also has programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the Road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. If you want to join the team, go drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Magnus Walker. Greetings from downtown LA, and thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Keep Austin weird and get out and drive. Pedal to the metal. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. Let's talk Miami GP Formula One for a We're minute. We're going John. to Miami. Because, yes, we are. We will be doing the broadcast, the pre- and post-race show on national radio. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out how to listen to that. Do you know what I'm going to do for our, our, our fans, our viewers, uh, our listeners? I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give up my soul. I'm going to go to Laguna Seca next week, and then <laughs> I'm going to go back-to-back. I'm going to go to Sonoma, and I'm going to do SVRA and Trans Am, and then, just for them, I'm going to go to Miami, and then I'm going to go to London, and then I'm going to go to the historic Monte Carlo. And I, this is in Monaco. All in Mon- Monaco. So I, you know that's Why my next three weeks. Why exactly? <laughs> well, because somebody's got somebody's got to do it. You're the hardest, second hardest working man in motorsport behind Connor Daly. Yeah, and it, those are awful places, right? I mean, how Jonathan could I... Green. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought I'd give you my next month to just a you know just a. I'll try to I'll try to give you as much as I can while I'm on a Zad road. Well, so three, but I'm just going to get excited about the Miami one because right. I'm not going to the rest of those. Three weeks to Miami. You realize that? Gosh, is it really? Yeah, because we're at the 17th, so the 24th, the first, and then the eighth is the Miami Grand Prix. Wow! And so we will be there. We've got our house set up. We got we're going to be broadcasting from there. And have, have we though? <laughs> well, well, have we though, John? I mean, we, I know. we have the reservation. <laughs> Do they know how to hold the reservation? That's the. I, I think I might just go to bed on South Beach and then book. <laughs> well, <laughs> book. You know, like, uh, can you bring champagne to that? We have, and that be it. We have the reservation. It's just when I looked at the street view is when I went. Do we want to change that reservation? It's a. It's right around the corner from the stadium. If you know anything about that area of Miami. It's the end. I, I, I'm excited by it because. <laughs> okay, so well, that was graphic. That was an illustration. Yes. Um, but no, I'm excited because I was reading an article about the, a couple of articles about sort of there's two things that that are really important to Miami. It is a street circuit, but they've designed it in such a way, and it reminds me of Saudi Arabia, which is they've done the same thing, which is they've created 200 mile an hour straights leading into hairpins, which obviously create the overtaking that you would see at Cota. But then they've also created a street circuit, because it is a street circuit, that requires a lot of grip, mechanical grip, and a lot of downforce. So it's going to be that classic 
conundrum of how do you set up, which is what Coda is so successful at. How do you set up for the twisty bits and how do you set up for the straight? Do you want downforce or do you want to be fast in a straight line? And either way is a compromise. And that's the beauty of motor racing. Yeah. And then you plug in this year with the new aerodynamics, with the DRS equation that's now that we're learning about literally every single week. You plug all that into Miami and you get a very interesting mix. Yeah, and also the other story I was talking about was because they've started with a blank, blank piece of paper and because they're dealing with the owners of the, the Miami Delph- Dolphins who know a little bit about hospitality <laughs> and know a little bit about entertainment and know a little bit about marketing um, because they have an NFL team in which will be driving around quite literally. They're in a huge opportunity to create great, great um, hospitality situations. They're doing a, a quasi monaco feel to it including building a beach and building a sort of yacht uh scenario uh so almost a fake um harbor um but it's still miami so <laughs> you know the boats are there the people that enjoy boats are there it, it you know it's got all these boxes ticked there's even a, i think there's a pool and, a, and an area <laughs> inside the track yeah it looks where, like a beach yeah you can hang out i got pretty pretty expensive but um <laughs> yeah typical miami right as, as Connor says, it's not a cup of tea for everybody, but uh, it's a bit like Vegas is going to be very different for other people. So, yeah, and, I like it. Yeah. Hey, you had another story in here about Miami, about the heavy hitters that you talked about, the heavy hitters involved. and Well, and- that's, that's kind of where I was going with uh, Stephen Ross. Uh, and yep. also with, I mean, everybody involved is, is uh, from, I remember, co-promotion too with Liberty. So this is really the first time this new model for both liberty formula one and a city has come into play we're going to see it come into play in vegas but we're seeing it for the first time so co-promotion co uh, um uh, uh, marketing yeah. uh, and uh, sales of it and i think this is really the new way forward which is to get together with established heavy hitters both from the sports industry and the marketing industry and make them effectively work together to, you know, effectively put on a show. And I think that's why Miami's almost fated for success. Uh, Austin's Austin has already been a success because it's had its longevity. It had a great circuit to begin with, but I've got a feeling that this should hit the ground running because of all the people and all the places that we've, uh, you know, put in place here. How fascinating is it going to be to go to Miami and having lived through here in Austin, watched everything get built, and then watched going there on the Thursday night, watching them p- finishing the paint that we got them to see. We're going to see similar in Miami, I'm sure, but I, I, it feels very organized. I mean, you have the I have a very established sporting entertainment facility at the Miami Dolphin Stadium, so it's going to be really interesting to get to Miami and see what they've done and. I'm looking forward. I mean, I've seen the construction, but I'm looking forward to seeing the the garages, the whole infrastructure they've built. Well, also, you know, um, the guys that are from Miami, the culture administrator and all the rest of it have been to the Monaco event. They've they've looked around, a bit like our um, guys did when when it was being built here in Austin. We sent people over um, to be guests uh, of some Grand Prix Silverstone. Um, was, oh, yeah. was, a, was a good example. So, and again, you know, the, the city mayor of Miami, Francois uh, Suarez, has been over there and had a look. So, you know, they're getting into it. They're taking it seriously. Um, and it's already been a de- great destination for foreigners. And the key will be that Miami is five hours, six hours from yep. Europe. 
All right, well, we are out of time. Hey, everybody, don't forget, we do the pre- and post-race shows on National Radio. Go to our website to find out how to listen to that. And we also have a new show every Wednesday on National Radio. So go to our website and listen and find all those shows. Thanks for tuning in tonight, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on the radio, on YouTube and Facebook. And we'll talk to you next Sunday. Happy trails. 